0: welcome back we are in revelation chapter 16 verse 20 let's go so first my apologies it's been about a week and a half since i've aired the podcast and we had a freeze here across texas and a bad one in austin and uh, fortunately we didn't lose water or electricity but we did lose propane several times and we were forced to to conserve propane so our house was between 57 degrees and 62 degrees and it was cold and my fingers were cold to work on the computer it was hard to work and my wife was sleeping so I didn't want to do it in the morning and then my kids were up and they would keep in coming into my office so it was just too hard to do the podcast uh, last week so I'm back and uh, very excited to get going again and to all those who are affected by the storms uh, just praying for you tough time for many and uh yeah, just know that God is God is good. God is still sovereign, he is still on the throne, even through ice storms, even through COVID, no matter what it is, he still loves us and he wants the best for us and he wants to get us our get our attention so that we'll take our eyes off of earthly, sparkling things and focus on heavenly, eternal things. And really that's the, the idea behind everything is that we would look up to him and I've said this many times that Many people, I don't know if it's over half or what the number is, but a lot of people come to Christ when they're at their most dark, deepest, saddest, most depressed, most worldly oppressed situation, whatever it may be divorce, death, cancer, jail, something like that. And he uses those circumstances. Remember what the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. And we're going to see that playing out here in Revelation. We've already seen it. And So we get on here to verse 20. It says, Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. So what does that mean? Is this something that we should take figuratively, like a lot of people would have us to mystify all the things in Genesis and Revelation and let us go and make up our own theories? No. This means literally every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. There is no mountain left on earth except for the one that Jesus will come back on. And so you want to look at this literally. Remember, take the Bible literally. It will tell us if it's being symbolic or figurative, and remember that everything literal can also have uh, be symbolic of something as well that we can apply to our lives that we can learn from. Verse 21 it says, "And great hail fell from heaven upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent so great hail so we know what hail is it's coming from heaven it's falling upon men yes it's literally falling on the earth and hitting men as well and that means men and women and each hailstone about the weight of a talent so this is no little normal hail hailstorm of little pebbles or uh, nerd size little Things you remember those candy the Nerds, oh I think they were called Nerds, and then uh, or or even golf ball these are huge. So a Greek talent was fifty six pounds, and the Jewish talent was a hundred and fourteen pounds. So let's split the difference and call it about a hundred pounds. So we're talking about a hundred pound stones. You know, basically the size of a, um, you know thin woman falling from the skies. These are huge. And if we look back in AD seventy, there were hundred pound stones that were being catapulted into Jerusalem as part of the destruction of the temple. So we we saw the destruction that it can take because it took out the temple in AD seventy. We can imagine what hundred pound rocks falling from the sky. Yes, you know, they'll melt <laughs> because hell eventually melts because it's ice, but that's a rock. That is huge and going to be very, very devastating. Now look what the response is. The next sentence in verse 21 says, Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since the plague was exceedingly great. What did men do? They blasphemed God. So they continued to recognize God because it says they blasphemed God. They realized His power. They understand his abilities, and yet they still choose to reject him and blaspheme him. This reminds me of the majority of people alive today who recognize that there's a God, yet they create their own God and their own image to fit their own beliefs and ideals and their own culture and subcultural values. What a work Satan does to convince people that they don't need to worship God the Creator. God even tells us in the Bible, He told us, and he continues to tell us in the Bible, that people will worship creation and not the creator. People walk around and they say, oh, let's honor and focus on these pets, these dogs, these cats. And I've said it before, the majority of people I know who leave money to a charity at their death, the vast majority, and I'm talking way over 90%, don't leave it to any Christian organization, and don't even leave it to a human organization if you will but to pets Um, it's absolutely insane how that overwhelming amount of people who leave money to dog and cat institutions rather than to people or to christ's kingdom Um, very interesting but god is still sovereign and he allows it and he just looks at that and he's like really you're you're worshiping creation And yet you deny that there's a creator that created this. You you say this just all happened, in this galaxy, and dogs and cats and birds and us humans. We just happened to be here. There's no creator. There's no God. There's doesn't even make sense. You see a building, you know that that someone built that building. You see a car, you know someone built that car. And people look at the earth and say, ah, must have just happened. I don't know how it happened, but I don't believe in a God. And I don't, you know, if there were a God, He would show up and reveal Himself to me. Oh, He has. There's amazing proof. 66 six, six, six books and 40 di- by 40 pen by 40 different people over 1500 years, three different continents, three different languages, over 20,000 manuscripts, over 20,000 archaeological finds, one central theme, no contradictions, over 300 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus Christ alone. How is that possible? Unless it's a love letter directly from God, the inspired word of God. And that's exactly what this is so they blaspheme God. They recognize that he he's doing this, that he's allowing this, that he's in control. 100-pound hailstones, something they've never seen before, and yet instead of bowing and saying, "I'm sorry, God. I repent. I love you. Please lead my life." They blaspheme him and they yell at him and curse him. Verse 7, chapter 17, verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, "Come. I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So in verse seven, chapter seventeen, verse one. Then one of the angels who had one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls. So that's very self-explanatory. This is one of the recent uh, angels who had one of the seven uh, bull judgments. Remember, we had the seven. Uh, Seal judgments, and the seven trumpet judgments, and the seven bowl judgments. Seal, then trumpet, then bowl. This is uh, that seventh bowl that we were just talking about. And this angel comes to John and says, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. So the harlot, you could say, represents religious Babylon, the global religion of during the first half of the tribulation. Babylon is essentially, if you can think of anything that is kind of polar opposite of Christ and in opposition to Christ, Babylon represents that. So Jerusalem is the chosen city of God, and Babylon is the chosen city of Satan. And Christianity, Christ followers, are the chosen ones of God, the ones who chose Jesus, whose hearts were softened and they chose Jesus. Uh, in the church age, we call this the church. In the Old Testament, we call those Old Testament saints who believed by faith and not based on deeds or works or laws. And if you look at the um, uh, Satan's world, he has these false religions, and he's done an amazing job, horribly, horribly amazing job um, confusing people and creating all these religions uh, that are out there. And you can look at the false religions of Catholicism and Mormonism and Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam, and, and you can just keep going on and on and on, atheism, agnostics. Uh, all of these, all the isms and gizms, and confuse people. And people say, you know what? There's too many. I can't figure it out. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough time. If no one can figure it out, I can't figure it out. I'm out. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to say, "This can't be true," because if it were true, everybody would believe it. Well, remember that it's faith. It's the hardest thing and the simplest thing. It's the hard. It's the simplest thing because all you have to do is ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive you, to repent of your sins. It's the hardest thing because you're saying, I am no longer God. I realize I'm not God. I realize I can't create God into my image or my desires or my personal belief system because I have to be obedient to someone who is bigger than me, who is smarter than me, who is infinite, and I'm not. And that's the thing that makes it hard because we have to put our pride away. And pride is the original sin. That's exactly what got Satan. It's exactly what gets us. If you look at most of your sins, it's because of pride. You get angry probably because someone's not bowing to who you are. You get angry because you think you deserve more. You think you're entitled to more than your neighbor. More than the person you see on television playing basketball in Hollywood, wherever it may be that also makes you sad and depressed and these hollywood people get sad and depressed and do pills and overdose and kill themselves and suicide and all that um, because they're being worshiped and god didn't create us to work uh, to be worshiped he created us to worship so continue on and we look at this harlot, and let's say religious babylon representative of a global universal religion rolling up all the isms into one somehow people submit to this religion in the in, in the during the tribulation, but remember that being a believer and follower of Christ has nothing to do with the religion. It doesn't. It has everything to do with the relationship, and that what that's what makes Christianity so different. It's not about what do we do to earn, right? If we look at that verse for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages, that's something you earn. If you try to earn it, you're not going to get there. You have to accept the free gift of God. And every other religion makes you earn it. They don't have grace. They don't have this. God loves you and forgives you simply by asking. There's nothing that you can do. There's not enough praying, getting on your knees. You can't kill people or force them to pay a tax to become a christian you can't stay away from caffeine and tobacco and alcohol and and that justifies you to be in in heaven you're not going to become god of your own planet you can't become good better and better each time so that you enter a better state in the next life eventually come you know going into nothingness or nirvana no you can't earn it that's the beautiful thing about god as he says you can't earn it you can't earn my love. I already love you, but I can only allow you into my presence, my holy and righteous presence, if you are holy and righteous. Because I can't be around sin, and the only way that you can do that is by accepting the the atonement that was on the cross in the form of Jesus Christ, when he bled and died and took the sins upon the world on him, and he took your sins upon himself. So Babylon became synonymous with false, false religion. When men rallied against God and tried to build a tower to the skies known as the Tower of Babel, he united people against God, and then what did God do? He confused their language and he scattered them. And during the tribulation, the people of the world rally around this world religion and unite against Jesus' followers and think that because of their material goods, they are safe and secure and happy. Nothing could be further from the truth. The Antichrist wants to be worshipped, and he wants no competition. So he wipes out this competition. He tolerated this world religion for the first half of the tribulation while it served his purposes. But, we are, and, but then he has everybody worship him instead. So what I think happens is right now you've got all these religions, and they essentially get rolled up into one world religion, one universal religion. During the first half of the tribulation, and either Satan is you know kind of plans that and behinds it is behind it, or he just simply allows it to happen so that he can fulfill his other purposes. But then, when it mid tribulation, when he is completely energized by Satan, or even indwelled, and 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 I think it's probably in being indwelled by Satan, then he's, he 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 basically declares himself God and says, "You can't worship anything else." so he destroys all temple mosques uh churches everything and so it's just him you got babylon and he's saying you will worship me now and you've got the the mark of the beast in order to buy and sell goods so people are going to choose worshiping him over worshiping the creator they're going to choose to follow him for money for privilege for uh perceived power uh, out of fear And God wants you to use fear to love God—a healthy fear, right? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, not an unhealthy fear, but a positive fear, knowing that you have a finite mind and there is a God with an infinite mind. Is He, and He is so much more powerful than you. So these are the things, and Satan wants to take out all the. He wants to take out Christ's followers, and he allows the. World religions essentially to be rolled up into one, but then he demands that everybody worship just him. And we're we're seeing today churches begin to align with secular organizations to cure cancer, to teach people to read, etc. However, God didn't call us to do those things. He called us to go and make disciples. He taught us to preach the gospel. If we can preach the gospel by curing cancer, etc., and we do it first in the name of Christ, and boldly in the name of Jesus, then the gospel is primary. But being just good and doing good works in a secular way, we're absolutely wasting our time, we're wasting our gifts, and we're wasting our resources, and we will be held accountable for this. This is why I don't give any money to secular charities, because my goal is not to make people more comfortable before they're permanently uncomfortable. My goal is to make people temporarily uncomfortable while they recognize who they are and that there is a God and a creator and he is communicating with them. He put eternity in their hearts. There's no excuse. You can look around and know that there's a builder of this world. You can see that you've got to be able to understand that there's an infinite God in control and we are we have finite minds. And my goal is to help people work through this discomfort as we have wonderful conversations so that they can get to eternal peace and comfort, knowing that they'll have eternal life and eventually will in the presence of Christ if they accept Christ. That's it for today. Lord, thank you so much for loving us. Please be with those who um, have suffered greatly during the the ice storm. And yes, for some it's money, um, repairing pipes, water damage, lost wages, and for others it's life. There are many people who, who died, um, children who at least one I know of Noah who drowned in a bathtub, um, others who were just died because of the cold, because of food shortage, whatever it was, Lord. I pray that we don't take this each day lightly, that today we would go out and boldly show people who you are with kindness and love and warmth and compassion and tell them who you are with our words. Help us to do this this day, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.